Alrighty, so we'll take Sally. This is a bonus episode we do every week. Uh, this will be our third week doing it. And um, with that being said, it'll be my turn, aka Nick's turn, to uh, decide what topic to discuss. And um, before I get into it, I'm actually going to bring up a game that we recently just talked about on the podcast. And that was the Oilers and the Jets game three when they had a four to one lead and they blew it. And what it got me thinking was basically when I watch some of these games, um, whether it's the postseason or regular season, and even with the Sabres, it, it just seems to be like an unwritten rule in the NHL, where if you have a lead going into the third period, you try to shut it down. So that basically means you're okay with giving up double digit shots. Um, you're, you're okay with, you know, letting the players play on the boards, you know, not in the slots. Um, and it just means that you try and shut it down, make sure that the other team doesn't score. But at the same time, I feel like on the other end, you're only getting four shots. You're only getting eight. You're only getting seven. And they're very easy shots. There, there might be a, a face-off and you win it. It goes back to the point. There's no screen in front of the net and the goaltender sees it clearly and he covers it. And uh, it's just something that frustrates me as a hockey fan in general, regardless of, you know, if the Sabres are the ones that are doing this or if it's, you know, the Minnesota Wild. Because in that Oilers-Jets game, uh, game three, it, it showed present and, and, and very uh, apparent in that game where the Oilers just sat back. They were okay with the Jets getting opportunities. I think um, – I think there were two power play goals by the Jets. I know the first goal they scored was on the power play. I, I can't remember if the third one was uh, a, a power play or not. But you could just tell that they took the foot off their gas and they just, they were like, okay with the Jets making a little uh, noise here and there. But it eventually hurt them in that game and, and they would go on to lose the series uh, and get swept. But I thought that that was definitely a game where you don't want to be playing shutdown hockey. That's necessarily a game where you want to make sure that you are. That's a game where if you're a coach, you're okay with a 6-1, a 7-1, or you know a, a 5-2 final score. Um, because it makes sure that you keep the lead and it makes sure that your, te your team doesn't, uh, doesn't give up anything. You know, Because any little spark, as we saw in that game, is enough to turn a game on its head. And it did so in that, uh, in that third period of that game. And uh, my, 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 I guess my take is basically, does that frustrate you as well when you watch a team who has a one goal lead or even a two goal lead, whatever the lead is, just kind of play that shutdown hockey game where it's like, we're okay with giving up shots. And even if all 16 shots are shots that your goalie can face, well, you're putting a very, very, you're putting a lot of confidence in your goalie that he's going to be able to save every shot. You know, sometimes a goalie might, who knows, maybe sweat gets in their eye and they, you know, for a second they lose sight of the puck and then it's behind the net and you're thinking, oh boy, now the game's tied or something, you know. To me, it's very risk. It's a very risky way to play the sport. And especially when you have a lead in a playoff game or just a regular season game where points percentage are going to matter at the end. So I just wanted to see, you know, would you, would you say it frustrates you or would you say it, it at least, 
you know it so during the during the regular season um definitely you know you're gonna see that a lot more in the regular season and it doesn't bother me as much then um because you know it, the regular season is a marathon you're just trying to pick up points and if you get three you know three goals out ahead of a team you you're pretty safe that you're getting at least a point in that game and so during the regular season i'm not too picky i guess about how how teams are approaching their games um specifically when they fall into situations like that where one team kind of gets out in front of the other one um but when it comes to the playoffs uh i think yeah i think it's unacceptable and as a coach i don't think you should ever allow your team to to get like that um what do they always say in the nhl a three goal lead is the most dangerous lead in hockey uh what's that really translate to any lead that's less than three goals or equal to three goals is in jeopardy. And that's how you need to play every single second of every single playoff game, uh, no matter what the score is. If it starts getting up there and you're up 6-1, 7-1, yeah, take your foot off the gas. But if you're up three three goals and you're not within <laughs> a minute and a half, sorry, Leafs fans, <laughs> two minutes, I say you're making a bad decision as a coach to let your team do that because to your point, Nick, all it takes is one. Um, if you're up by three goals and you let in, let the other team get one, you might just have lost yourself the game. Even if you snap yourself out of that uh, mentality, even if your coach snaps you guys out of that mentality, um, you don't know what kind of mentality you just snapped the other team into. So yeah, uh, there's that to t you know there's that reason that aspect of it that I don't like. Um, another uh, point that you brought up is it does really put a lot of pressure on your goalie. You're really really leaning on him to come up with everything, uh, not just um, you know not just the the tricky uh, east west one timers, not just. Um, you know, the blasts through traffic that make their way through, like, you got to come up with everything. You got to come up with the tips. You got to come up in, with all the, you know, garbage fluky bounces off the um, glass or off any players in the area. You, you really are the, you, the game is now your responsibility. If you're a goaltender in that situation. So yeah, it does in the playoffs. That play that play style when you get up ahead in the playoffs for me is never never positive. Um, Nashville was sort of using that to their advantage. I think they definitely saw that their goalie uh, was on. He's playing on some uh, other level, and if you're the underdog in that situation and that's your play style just throughout the game, I don't mind it as much. Um, but it's not like Nashville got out ahead of, of Carolina, you know, three to one or four to one early and then took their foot off. They just were kind of sitting back the entire game and waiting for us to. A playoff game like that, because uh, you're kind of just in the NHL, you need especially in the playoffs, you need to take what's yours, I think more often than not and if you're sitting back and you're trying to play around the team 
that's in your offensive zone as much as they probably are with a lead like that, um, they're going to want to try and get back into it. And so they're going to bring it to your house a lot. And if you are just sitting back and letting that happen consistently, um, eventually a goal is going to get in. And hopefully it's late enough in the game or hopefully it uh, didn't you know, get someone going or spark something among you know, a fourth line, like who knows if it's the fourth line, a a fourth line goal will easily flip a a game on its head when that identity line comes out and they get a scrappy goal to, to get, to get a team back into it or get them started to get back into it. Yeah. No, uh, that can be a very frustrating thing to watch, especially in the playoffs. And in your situation, I can see how it's probably aggravating in the regular season because you guys should be having that mentality through the regular season because you guys aren't even making the playoffs consistently. Yeah. So I can see how it would be a bother. Yeah, and I think that that's where I'm coming from in the regular season because, I mean, it's not to say, you know, the Sabres, if they if they stopped playing that way in the third period, they could have gotten into the playoffs. Not saying that at all. It's just when you have a team play as bad as they are and lose 18 in a row, I'm sure that there were a couple of games where, you know, if we just put put the pressure on them and just, you know, try to even it out, we could have went on and win a game and we just wouldn't look as bad as we were. I mean, who knows? Maybe that 18-game losing streak could have ended at 9, could have ended at 12. Right. Ended at any other number besides 18 to tie. Not, it might not have even gotten on to a streak either. Right, like, right. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think I, I uh, thought of this topic – when during the podcast last week, because I just like the I, I love the way you guys play in game one or in two, because I think that was a game where you guys didn't take your foot off the gas. It, it's not like you let the Predators start getting shots on Delkovich, a new goalie who might be, you know, a little who, as we I think are seeing, is giving it up yep, some fluky goals. You know, he's not as perfect as he looked uh, early on in this series, but you know, that to me is the frustration where your goal mm. you're putting way too much stock into your goaltender uh, to expect them to save 16, you know, yeah. 11 shots when you only put up two. I mean, I've seen plenty of games where, um, you know, I watch reviews of every single game and it, and you can tell which team is, if you, if I didn't even give you the score and I just gave you the team and the shot counts, you would be able to tell me every single time, which team had, the lead going into the third period because the third period shots on goals would reflect who had the lead because they're playing desperation hockey. You know, you're going to throw everything and anything on the net when you're down by one or two, because just one goal can get you right back in this game. Yeah. And um, to, to further go on, I think specifically in game six last night against the Islanders and game three against the uh, Oilers and jets, you know, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that, if Sullivan called a timeout after the Islanders fourth goal to put them up by one, if he used a timeout right then and there, it could have possibly been a different outcome for the, for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, but also too, now we're in a day and age where that timeout isn't just a timeout anymore. It's basically a, a tool or a utility for you to challenge plays. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of coaches who, whether you're up or down, are going to be a little bit more hesitant to use a timeout to kind of get the troops, you know, back together. 
because they could say, well, what if, you know, the what if the game time? There's a blatant offsides call that they missed. Right. <laughs> right. What what if there's a a blatant, you know, offsides goal like you said, and and it's the game tying goal, and you know you're like, well, son of a bitch, if I had my timeout, I could use it here, <clears throat> but instead that they used it on their their team to kind of you know put morale back into them. I think that that was also a, a an aspect in both game six and game three, hey. but overall it's just like you. You shouldn't even put yourself in that situation as a coach. right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's a good point. Um, the thing about you know going to Sullivan's decision though, like that's a huge what if that he's really hinging on. Um, and given the the flow that that game was taking in that moment and where they are in that series, you know, you're on. You still need to win three games to get past this team. Um, and it starts with tonight. So, and you're down too. You're going down by one. So, what are you saving that timeout for? For, for some what if thing in overtime? Like, dude, you got to get to overtime first. Or I know you get a new timeout once you're in overtime, but you know what I mean. Like, I think maybe he should have made a better decision in that moment. And, um, yeah, no, like going to, you know, going back to what you were saying about looking at the shot total at the end of the game and being able to tell who was down in the third period, uh, just from the shots, the Carolina Hurricanes, you know, to your other point, play like that consistently. And I think that's very evident in their shot totals. They, especially over the last two or three years, have been a team, a very high shot volume team. Uh, I don't think that team has any breaks available to them they're all gas uh and it's nice it's very reassuring to watch a team like that and it could you know this could be something that probably distinguishes those teams or those franchises that are in the dumps uh that could could be a contender because we were just like that um you know the the same feelings and experiences you were describing with buffalo I could sympathize with as a Carolina Hurricanes fan just five, six, seven years ago. Um, they would get out ahead and they'd really quickly, all right, you know, we're up by three. We got that one. Uh, on to the next one. And it's and we end up losing or we end up going to OT and losing and only getting one point out of it. Like, uh, I I totally get your frustration and and – and like I said, that like that kind of opened my eyes. Maybe that is an identity that will uh, short, sort of distinguish the team, the franchises that are really struggling against those that are contenders and those that are being talked about at the national level. Yeah, yeah, and I think that um, to your point about Sullivan, you're right. Like the, the guy has a timeout left. It's your season on the line. And you got to do something with it. And same exactly. with, with you, Dave Tippett. That and, challenge is worthless if you can't right. even tie the game up. Right. And I and I I know that we've had a lot of goaltender interference. Um, oh my gosh! Don't like, just started. By the way, <laughs> off topic. Have did you see the one in Minnesota last night? No, I didn't. So I'll send you a link after. So well, before you start this. <laughs> The reason our goal was turned over the other night was a precedent set in the Minnesota game the night before per Pierre. So yep. I'll let you talk now for yep. last night. 
and that same precedent hurt the Vegas. Yeah, I it, it, it was. It's a weak precedent, man. It it, is. Uh, let me look at the Minnesota one, but the one against yeah. us is really weak. I feel like this one might be worse than yours because well, I'll just let you watch. Get your genuine reaction. What the uh, like when in the game was it? Um, this was the third period. It, this was when Vegas was down by a goal. So, you know, Vegas scored here really would have changed the, uh, the outcome, not change the outcome, but at least change the, the tide of this game. Let me quickly send you a link. Yeah. I'm just trying to skip forward and find it. In there. I sent it to you in, uh, I sent it to you on Instagram okay. there. Yeah, that's uh, wow. The the president... fifty man. Every single time I watch these, even when I'm looking at them and I'm like, "Oh, that's clear cut." My the back of my head is still going. It's 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50. <laughs> Well, so the rule is basically, if you're the attacking forward going towards the goalie, you are expected, if you can to like leave the area. So for lack of a better term, if I'm in front of a goalie and I'm starting to go into him, what that player needs to demonstrate, the attacking player needs to demonstrate is a way out. So if, if I bump into the goalie, I need to be able to skate away and have a, and have a path to, to go away. Now in that situation, and do you see how I think that's tuck? Yeah. Or I can't tell whoever, whoever. whoever it is. Do you see a way that he can get himself out of that situation? Yeah, he's sandwiched, dude. He's sandwiched. He's and it's actually, dude, it's funny you you mentioned that because I'm looking at the same Instagram account. It looks like they do this every time there's a goalie interference, which is funny. So I went back to the Hurricanes one, and Fogel not only has a path to get out, but he takes it. Fogel yeah. takes the path, yeah. he leaves, and then Yo Roman Yossi – like, you know, uh, Saros pushes off to get over and he smashes right into Roman Yossi. Like, I don't know. I, 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 I'm telling you, dude, every single one of these is a 50-50, no matter how clear cut it is. <laughs> yeah. I remember texting you in your goaltender interference that it was no goal because I just felt like there's too much going on in front of the net. You're right. For the NHL to say, oh, nope, that's not goaltender interference. But even the Minnesota one, it was just like, Tucker, whoever the player was, can't even find his avenue out of um, Talbot's way to kind of let allow him to reset. Allow yeah, he's getting backed out. in by the defenseman, kind of, and then the goalie is pushing up against his back. Yeah, it's it's the most frustrating thing about the NHL is just the inconsistency or the standard, rather, for goaltender interference. Because I feel like there have been some actual goaltender interference that doesn't get called and then you have instances like this where it's like your own player is the one who's not allowing you to reset yep you know and you're somehow getting the benefit from it yeah and it's it's become basically the defender will purposely push a player into their goaltender because of this rule because of this precedent it's almost like a, a strategy i mean look at yossi yossi's like 
I could easily just allow Fogel to stand there, but instead I'm going to go up to him and interfere not only with Fogel, but also with Soros. I'm going to straddle my goalie. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, 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 yeah. I think we're really getting off topic here, but I yeah, totally we are. Yeah. <laughs> we are. Um, it was some good bonus. It was bonus on the bonus. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> A double bonus, but. Yeah, to, to basically just end uh, it, it just it's really frustrating to watch teams that play that way because man, one of those one of those sixteen, one of those fourteen, one of those any shots could go in the net. And you know, you never want to be on the end where your team just blew X amount of goal lead and lost the game. And you know, you're either out of the playoffs because of it, you're in a deep hole because of it, yeah. you know, you're down in a series. And even in the regular season, I mean it, it, it's like you said, you could be on the borderline right there in games. Like if you just won in regulation and got two points, yep. you could make that, you could be past that line. You could have gotten over that hump. Right. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I'll, I'll end it here. You know, I think before we go into another topic, yeah, uh, it's this, this, this was something I had to bring up with you. I just wanted to get your take on it and uh, you know, we, we enjoy everyone listening. Um, we, we want to provide a sort of bonus content just so that way you don't have to always listen to our, our main podcast. And it's a shorter one that you can probably easily follow. So, and it's, that you guys yeah. are watching it. and it's typically not like about what's happening right now. So, right. It's just a different take. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see you next week. And uh, on Thursday, we hope to, we hope that we continue hearing you guys listen and, um, Enjoy the games tonight if you do choose to watch them. They should be pretty good ones. They're both elimination games. Mm -hmm. Anytime there's elimination games on, it's must-watch hockey. I agree. All righty. Oh, I, th I think you'll have to stop the recording. Did it go? No, it's still going. I'm just going to see if I end the call, maybe. Yeah, I would do that. All right.